Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. peacetime days to a great ocean liner on the night of her departure for Europe. There she is at the West 22nd Street Pier, the 25,000-ton Moravania of the White Planet Line. Smoke from her three funnels coils up lazily in mild October air. You can see the decks, white and shiny like shoeboxes, and the string of lights along them, and the band standing by on A-deck to play her out. You can hear the murmur of an excited crowd, and the rattle of the steam winches as cargo is lowered into the hold. You can see the bustle of activity and the second officer standing at the head of the gangplank as two rather late passengers hurry through the customs shed towards that gangplank. It's all right, Richard. We are not too late. No, and I thought we'd be in time. A honeymoon in Europe. Three whole months with nothing to worry about. That's right. And you've been my wife for, let's see, practically five hours now. I believe the correct phrase is... is Ah, it was so sudden, Mr. Brewster. <laughs> <laughs> so sudden that we have to travel on our own passports instead of a husband and wife one. <laughs> I hope they don't think you're not an honest woman. I'm going to act like a complete wobble, just a devil. <laughs> oh, what about our tickets, Ricky? Do we give them to that officer standing at the top of the gang class? No, honey, you keep your ticket. The cabin steward will come around and collect it after we're underway. And the money, Ricky? Oh, it's a lot of money, huh? I... $10,000 in cash. Maybe I'd better turn it in at the purse's office for safekeeping. Yes, maybe you had. Wait a minute, Ricky. 
What is it, dear? Wait. Do you mind if we stand here for a second before we go up the gangplank? Oh, what's the matter? You're not ill, are you? No, but getting over brain fever isn't any joke. Oh, I know, dear. You see, Ricky, I, I ought to be eager and excited like all those people up there, but suddenly you get fancy. Queer, sick fancy. Suddenly, right now, all I can think of is the night and the wind and all the black water in the dark. And that's exactly the kind of morbid fancy I'm trying to cure you of. I know, Ricky. I'll be good, but I was just thinking of a story. What story? Oh, never mind. It, it doesn't matter. Which way do we go? Up the gangplank, through that door there, and then down on the elevator to be there. And no more horrors, do you understand? <laughs> And cabin number. Good Lord. B13. B13. You're not superstitious, are you? I know, dear. Not about things like that. Open the door. Here we are. Lights on and. Oh, Ricky, darling. It's a beautiful cabin. Best I could get. Yeah, I've got a luggage in anyway. And over there, madam, you'll find a basket of fruit and some books. From your obedient servant. Oh, you are nice to me. And I'm feeling so much better, Ricky. I will be all right, darling. Of course you will. But uh, you won't find any detective novels among those books. Please. Please, Ricky. Detective novels may be all right for presidents and college professors, but straight poison to you. You'll read love stories and like it. You know, Ricky, I keep thinking and thinking about that story I mentioned. Oh, what story? It's an old one. You probably know it, but it was new to me. A woman and her daughter arrive in Paris and go to a hotel. Oh, you mean the old Paris exposition story? Yes, that's it. The daughter goes out. When she returns, her mother has disappeared. And even the hotel room isn't the same. The proprietor of the hotel says the girl came there alone and that there never was a mother. The whole room is different when she goes back to look at it. The girl goes to the police and they won't believe her. She's nearly crazy. Of course, it turns out that the mother has caught bubonic plague and died. And they're hushing it up so that the visitors won't keep away from the city and ruin the whole expedition. But you've got to stop this kind of talk. I know. But imagine being in a situation like that. With all those queer eyes staring at you. Wondering if you'd lost your reason. Wondering if your brain had cracked and the whole world might dissolve and... Listen... That's the last call, Anne. We'll be underway any minute now. You know, Ricky, I would like to see the skyline go past to the Statue of Liberty and the rest of it. Oh, well, why not go up and see it? I've got to deposit this money in the purse's office on Cedar. But I, I don't like it, believe me. Oh, now, look here, dear. You don't think I'm going to disappear, do you? I suppose I don't, really. When I get these ideas, and I can't help it, Ricky... I wish you'd wallop me. <laughs> I'm not going to wallop you, Anne, but you've got to stop being afraid. You certainly won't disappear in a crowded ship with any number of people all around you. And as for me, <laughs> I defy Houdini himself to make me vanish. Don't talk like that. I'm not going to vanish, and neither is this cabin dear. Now, I'll run along. I'll join you on deck as soon as I can. All right, Ricky. I'll be good.
eager people, excited people, happy people, all crowding up to the rail to wave goodbye. Nothing to worry about, nothing on their minds except... Except what? Oh. Except seasickness, madam? Oh. Oh, I beg your pardon. I haven't meant to startle you, believe me. Please don't mention it, how silly of you. It was my fault. I, I haven't been very well. I noticed it, madam, if you'll forgive me. That was why I spoke to you. As you see by my uniform, I'm the ship's doctor. This is a British ship, isn't it? But you don't sound British. No, I'm an Austrian, madam. Dr. Paul Henry, at your service. I'm not very popular in my own country today. The days of colored shirts and vacant minds. I'm Mrs. Brewster, doctor. And Brewster. When does the ship go? In about a second, Mrs. Brewster. You will hear the whistle. Then the dance will strike up. All langs in. And then... We're moving, aren't we? Yes. Don't you feel the vibration of the engine? many times, he tells me, but not on this ship. Well, then I hope you're a good sailor. Why, Dr. Heinrich? Well, because we'll run into some very dirty weather once we're out at sea. October is a very bad month for traveling. Well, if I do get seasick, doctor, I'll rush straight to you, and I'll expect to be cured. <laughs> Let me tell you a secret, madam. There are two common ailments for which medical science has no cure. One is ordinary seasickness. And the other is hangover. <laughs> Tomorrow morning I shall be dealing with both. And enjoying it? Oh, no, 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 no. Sympathizing with it. That's all I can do. How do you like the Mauravania? Oh, it's a magnificent ship from what I've seen of it. And you know they've given us a very nice cabin down on B-deck. B-13. What's the matter? Why are you looking at me like that? I beg your pardon. Did you say B-13? Yes. Why now? You're quite sure of that, madam? Why, yes, of course I'm sure of it. I I saw the number on the door. Why not? Well, because... Go on, Dr. Heinrich. Because there's no such cabin aboard a ship. I'm not joking, Mrs. Brewster. You see, some people are superstitious. Many ships, like this one, omit number 13 on each deck. You must have been mistaken. What are you trying to tell me? Do you think I saw something that wasn't there? No, no, Mrs. Brewster, not at all. Then come along with me. I'll show you. I'll prove to you that there is a number 13. Will you come along? Yes, Mrs. Brewster. I think perhaps I had better escort you. I've been trying to convince this lady, Stewart, that there's no such cabin 
At cabin number 13 on this ship. Why, that's so pleasant, isn't it, ma'am? It never has been. I've served aboard the Moravania a matter of eight years, and I ought to know. But I tell you, I saw it. I was in there. It was a big cabin with a private bathroom attached. The walls were paneled in light oak, and the furniture was rosewood and yellow satin, and the portholes were like real windows. Oh, no, that's not much good, ma'am. No, I'm afraid not. Most of the cabins hereabouts look like that. May I ask you, what name was the cabin booked in? Brewster, naturally. Mr. and Mrs. Richard E. Brewster. Yeah, let's have a look on my list. No. No, there's no Brewster here, ma'am. I tell you, I was in there. They even delivered the luggage I saw it. Excuse me, ma'am. But I had a look-see in all the cabins I'm in charge of, just to see if the passengers wanted anything. And I just remember any baggage with a Brewster label on it. Wait a minute. There may be a partial explanation of this. Ah, you see, that's better, Mrs. Brewster. I was hoping you might find one. Ricky, that's my husband. Ricky and I have only been married a very short time, and when my maid printed the baggage label, she she must have made them out in my maiden name. I never noticed at the time. Oh, what line might that be, ma'am? Thornton. I'm Marie Thornton. Oh, God, miss. Now, why couldn't you have said that before? I remember it well. Um, Take those prices in a little trunk. They're in B-16 now. Where's B-16? Right behind you, miss. You're standing practically in front of the door. Oh, thank goodness. Oh, yes, but, uh, what about my husband's luggage? There's no gentleman's luggage in that cabin, miss. Your husband's or any other gentleman's. If you know what I mean. I won't stand for this. Where's Ricky? What have you done with Ricky? Please, Mrs. Brewster. There's one easy way to settle this. Settle it? How? Just look down the corridor. You notice the man coming towards us? The man with the two gold stripes around the sleeve? Well? That's Mr. Marshall, our second officer. Did you ever see him before? Uh, yes. Yes, of course I have. He was standing at the top of the gang plank when Rick and I got aboard. Mm, exactly. So he might be able to tell us something. Oh. Mr. Marshall? Mr. Marshall. Yes, sir, dear, my son. Would you mind coming here for a moment? Well, not at all, old boy. Always glad to oblige a chap who may have to cut me off at any moment, eh? What may I do for you? Take a good look at this young lady. And oh. tell me, have you seen her before? Seen her before? <laughs> oh, my dear chap, if I had overlooked a uh, young lady, will pardon me, I know, a passenger as charming as this lady is, I would be less of the gentleman than I think, my dear <laughs> You saw her coming, coming aboard tonight? Oh, yes, certainly. And, uh, of course, you saw the gentleman who was with her. The, uh, gentleman who was with her? Yes, yes, yes! Oh, uh, there was nobody with her, old boy. You are quite certain of that, Mr. Marshall? My dear doctor, she was the last one to come aboard. I take my Bible oath, there was no other passenger with her. Or ahead of her, or behind her, if it comes to that. You're lying, you're lying to me! Please, please, Mrs. Brewster, lower your voice. I know what it is. It's the old parasite, like in the story. But you won't get away with it, you hear? Now, look here, ma'am. I'll go to the pressure. I'll go to the captain. Oh. Dear Father in heaven, won't anybody believe me? Later that night, in the captain's room, just abaft the bridge, there is a conference of ship's officers. 
Outside, stung by spray, clinging to the bulkhead rail in the dark, a frightened girl waits until the door of the cabin's room opens. Will you bring the young lady in, Dr. Hagen? Close the door. Yes, sir. Here we are. This is Captain Wainwright. Now, just tell your story straightforwardly, and uh, please don't excite yourself. Well, um, maybe we can get some decision into this matter. Will you sit down here beside my desk, Miss Thompson? My name is Brewster, Captain. Mrs. Ann Brewster. Ah, whatever you say, Mrs. Brewster. Thank you very much, Captain. I might tell you, ma'am, I've got a lot on my mind already. The first officer comes aboard with an attack of flu. I'm facing an equinoctial game short-handed. And now this has to happen on top of it. I'm terribly sorry. I can't help that, Captain. But I want to know what they've done with Ricky. Just one moment, please, while I get this straight. At this time, I understand, you yourself have personally interviewed practically every single passenger aboard this ship. Is that true? Yes, it's true. But your alleged husband is not here. Is that true? Yes, that's true, In but the I... meantime, the purser has sent a squad of men to search this ship. They've searched every inch of it. You can take my word for that. There's nobody hidden. Your husband's not here. According to Mr. Marshall, who's standing over there... I see him. According to Mr. Marshall, he never was here. Oh, hang it all, Miss Thornton. You needn't glare at me like that. We couldn't see the chap. He wasn't there, now could we? Be quiet, Mr. Marshall. Yes, I, I, I'm sorry, sir. No, I'm... I'm not unreasonable, Mrs. Brewster. I think you'll admit that. So what can I do? What can I say? Can you offer any proof, even, that this husband of yours ever existed? Proof? Yes, of course I can. I... Excuse me for interrupting, but would you mind, Captain, if we ask a question or two? No, Doctor, go ahead. I tell you I'm going daft myself. If you were married, Mrs. Brewster, you must be carrying a joint husband and wife passport. Where is that? Well, there wasn't time to get one. We each carried our own passport. Oh, I see. But still, there must be someone back in America who can confirm what you say if we got in touch by radio telephone. Your parents, for instance. I haven't got any parents. They're dead. What about relatives, then, or a guardian? My guardian is a trust company. The administrators don't even know I'm married. But somebody must have performed the ceremony of marriage, the past, and the justice of peace. Yes, of course, of course, but... Oh, I... I, I can't remember the name of the town. You don't remember the name of the town? Go back to your chair, Mrs. Brewster. The ship is going to pitch again. How's the glass looking, Mr. Marshall? Uh, oh, uh, barometer's rising, sir. This weather won't hold long. We shall be in the fog before morning, though. We're in a fog now, if you ask me. This lady says she... I'm terribly sorry, but I, I, I'm trying to think of it. It was a little town in upstate New York where they can marry you at a moment's notice. Ricky kept the certificate. I... I was confused. I haven't been well. No, you haven't. You see, Ricky had been away, and he came back, and... I was in love with him, and he... He sort of set me off my feet, and... Oh, what for you? Not much use, apparently. If you'll take my advice, ma'am, you'll go below to your cabin and get some sleep. I'll send the doctor down to make you a sedative. You think I'm crazy, don't you? I... I think you're a little overwrought, ma'am. I can't understand it. Why? Why? Why should you want to do this? Can't you the bubonic plague this time? Bubonic plague, ma'am? Who said anything about the bubonic plague? Never mind. But I'll show you. You're all against me, except maybe the doctor. 
But I'll show you. I'll prove it to you. I am going downstairs, and I don't want anybody to follow me. Good night. Good night, all of you. Well, I'm glad that's up. Look here, Mr. Marshall. Huh? You think it's quite safe to trust her out there alone? Well, I don't know, sir. She's mad as a hatter, if you ask me. You think she might uh, do something foolish? Well, I think she might chuck herself overboard if we're not careful. What's your opinion, Doctor? I can give you my opinion, gentlemen, in a very few words. That girl is as sane as you are. What, sir? Wait and hear what I have to say. I shared your own belief at first, but I've been talking to her all evening. I've heard the whole story, and there's not a psychopathic trait in her nature. She firmly believes in this husband. A lot of people firmly believe they're Napoleon, but they get tossed into loony bins, that's the same. This matter is not a joke, Mr. Marshall. I tell you, this man exists. Or did exist. What do you mean, Doctor? I suppose he has been murdered. Perhaps he has been murdered and thrown overboard. Murdered? Thrown overboard? If you remember, Richard Brewster was carrying a very large sum of money in cash. His wife's wedding gift. Practically all her inheritance. He meant to go to the purser's office. But he never got there. That money invited might have been a great temptation. To whom? To a stewardess, perhaps, or even to, uh, to a ship's officer. Just exactly what are you getting at? Well, numbers on doors can be changed easily enough. Just print a small card and put it on the metal slot on the door. I still want to know you were here driving at. If you use your intelligence, gentlemen, I think you will understand how a man can be made to vanish into thin air. And uh, why, Mr. Marshall, saw never another passenger. You still don't see it? No, I do not. Well, then listen. And I'll explain exactly how it Four o'clock in the morning. Four o'clock. The hour of suicides and bad dreams. The gale has subsided. The sea is calm. The SS Moravania creeps blindly at barely eight knots through a thick and strangling fog. The whole ship is dark, healed up in sleep. No sound in all that mournful dimness, except when the foghorn cries out a warning overhead. Even cabin B-16 is dark. And Brewster, still fully dressed, flies restlessly across one of the birds, her head almost touching the intercabin telephone. <sighs> what is... Oh, I thought I heard... Telephone. Yes? Hello? It's me, Ed. Take it easy now. Ricky. Ricky, where are you? Keep your voice down. Where are you, Ricky? What happened to you? Are you hurt? No. What are you doing up at this time of the night? If I might ask, Miss, what are you doing up and dressed? Oh, you ought to get some sleep, Miss. You really ought. It might interest you to know it, Stewardess. But I've just been talking to my husband. Now, look here, Miss. 
Don't start that all over again. Please, don't start that all over again. You all pretended to think I was mad, didn't you? And you nearly drove me mad. Ricky's beaten the whole crowd of you. I'm going out on deck to meet him now. Out on deck, miss. That's what I said. Where's my coat? Don't go off there, miss. Not in the state of mind you're in. And the fogs are thick. You can't hardly see your hand in front of your face. Stand away from the door, please. Suppose, miss. I didn't want to let you go out there. I don't think that would matter much. You've probably heard that mad people have ten times ordinary strength, and I'm stronger than you anyway. Yes, I'm not begging you. Stand away from that door. Until he asked for he disposed of you. 
The best thing was to convince everybody were insane, as he did. Then, when you went overboard tonight... They would all believe it was suicide. Exactly. But I began to suspect this Brewster, because you quoted him as telling such an obvious lie. He said he had never traveled in a Mauravania, yet he could direct you all over the ship, and even knew where the person's office was. So he went to his cabin, found it empty, searched, and found your $10,000. Put it on, you fool. Put it on. Oh, it's over, boy. You shot him. You shot him. You shot him. You never touched him. Never touched him? No. The weight of the iron carried him over backwards when he lifted it. It was the weight he was going to use to sink your body. Yes, they stuck you on that. Oh, Doctor. Oh, Doctor, I can't stand it. It won't be easy, my dear. It won't be easy, I know, but... Believe me, this, this way is better. So closes Cabin B-13, starring Margot and Philip Dawn. Tonight's tale of Suspense. Save big money on everything for your next project at Menards. Spring is here making it the perfect time for outdoor projects. Suncast storage sheds are an excellent solution for protecting outdoor lawn and gardening tools. They're easy to assemble, and the all-weather construction provides water resistance and UV protection. Save big on Suncast storage sheds. View our selection of Suncast products today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money. 